uh, Kobe and Sean again here. Um, going to talk about March Madness, the NBA, NFL draft, and a little bit of USC. We're going to throw in there, but let's start off with the Elite Eight. Um, how do you feel about those games? I mean, uh, I- yeah, I mean, I think the Elite Eight was the day after we were we recorded our last show or whatever. But um, super boring. Like I feel like there was no exciting games besides one, obviously. I mean, Gonzaga USC, nineteen point win for the Zags, and I'd, like I think we all expected that. Everybody had in the back of their mind that like Gonzaga was going to win, but then like in the front of your mind, you're like, you know what, USC has the number two pick this year. They might they might catch up, but I mean, nineteen point win, nothing special there. I mean, Gonzaga's good. Drew Timmy went off that game, I think. Um, what do you think about that one? Um, same as you. Not really special. I mean, Gonzaga came out 19-point win. You're thinking the game's going to be close. You know, USC was playing pretty good. Uh, blew out Oregon the game before. So you're thinking, okay, maybe USC puts up a fight, has a chance, and they just didn't show up. So that was that was pretty terrible between those two. I mean, Gonzaga showed why they're the number one team and still undefeated. Yeah, I mean, I think um, I'm pretty sure the game started and Drew Timmy was like 8 for 8 with 16 points in the first 10 minutes. It was nuts. And, like, he's – I was listening to something else. And I, I They said that Drew Timmy's the most important player on the team, but he's not the best. Like, Kispert and Suggs are better than him. But Drew Timmy's, like, he's the emotional foundation for that team. Oh, yeah. Timmy definitely brings uh He brings, like, factor. a different factor than – he brings, like, the X factor to Gonzaga. So, uh, next game we had – we'll go over to Baylor and Arkansas. Really expected again. I mean, I think Baylor is the best team in the country, and – We'll find out tonight, tonight but uh, we'll talk about that in a little bit. But, I mean, Baylor, so good. They're, like, so good top to bottom. And then they have they have Davion Mitchell. They have Jared Butler, like, two top 25 picks this year. Um, Masio Teague. Uh, who's the – Matthew Meyer is the four that comes off the bench. He's He has so much passion. The Mullet Bros. <laughs> um, but, yeah, really good game again. Uh, not really a good game, but, like, nine-point win. Kind of expected. What do you think about that one? I mean, Arkansas did fight. Uh, I mean, they scored the first half 38 to 46. I mean, eight point lead, not too big there. Uh, second half, they didn't show up, but only scored 34 and got outscored by one by Baylor, who scored 35. But they played a pretty good game. I'd say that's one of the top games in the lead eight. I mean, you, you're expecting Baylor to win that, and they came out and did get that nine point win. But Arkansas did put up a fight, so you got to give credit to them and that team over there. Uh, yeah, that, for sure. And then, um, Another pretty big surprise game, Michigan UCLA. It was an awful game. I mean, the score like it, the scoring was just so horrible. And UCLA comes out on top, two point victory. Johnny Juzang is a baller. He's really good. He could win player of the tournament. He's done so so much for the Bruins. And of course, yes. I mean, I agree. Not a fun game to watch, but it was nice to see UCLA go far. I agree. I mean, I wanted Michigan to win. My guy Eli Brooks on that team. I, I, I mean, I wanted to see him uh, ball out for his last season, but you know, they just came up short. Didn't play a great game at all. I mean, the first half score was twenty-seven, twenty-three. I mean, very low scoring, and then they scored twenty again. It's twenty-four to twenty-six. So it wasn't really much, much scoring in that one, like you said. But uh, it was a pretty good game, the closest yet in the Elite Eight. So that was that was interesting to watch. Indeed. Yeah, I mean, for my personal like conscious it felt good too because the only team to be up by double digits on UCLA throughout this entire tournament is the Michigan State Spartans in a playing game on Thursday night so technically like we should be in the final four you know what I mean we should be there we should have played Michigan and beat them again you guys definitely should be we should be in the final four we probably would have beaten Gonzaga too honestly um 
last game of the Elite Eight was Houston and Oregon State. I've been saying all along, Oregon State is the hottest team in the country. They just re-signed their head coach for, like, a seven-year extension. Um, great name, too. His last name's Tinkle, I think. Uh, but I've said this all along. Houston is so fraudulent. They are such a fraud team, and I am so happy that what happened in the Final Four happened to them. We won't talk about it yet, but <laughs> Oregon State, I wish they won it, didn't come out. Houston won it, didn't beat a single single-digit seed throughout the tournament. Yeah, I mean, I agree. Um, Oregon State was definitely a hot team. Like you said, last week we talked about it. Oregon State was the hottest team coming in, Pac-12 team. You're not expecting them to do this, and they just showed up, balled out. But this game, they did not show up, especially the first half. 34-17 to 17 was a halftime score there. So Houston Houston clearly showed up, showed out. Um, so I uh, feel bad for Oregon State, the way they played. They played hard the whole tournament. Uh, what definitely wasn't expecting them to make it this far at all. I don't think anyone had them in the Elite Eight, and if you did, that's just – that's a crazy one there. But it was it was good to see them play good, and they fought at the end, clearly. I mean, the score was only six point six point when Houston won 67-61, but it's just tough to see them go away, and Houston showed up, but, you know, uh, just – just played better, I guess. Yeah, Oregon State came up short. So we'll circle back really quick. I mean, I don't know. I don't think we talked about this game in the Sweet 16 because I think it happened after our last show. But UCLA Alabama, <laughs> that was great. I mean, like that that shot at the end by uh, I forgot who shot it at Reese, but he hit that went to overtime. UCLA dominated in overtime. Johnny Juzang proved he's one of the best players in the tournament. So. What do you think about that one? Speaking Besides, of that game, speaking of that game, you're up three. You you should foul. You should clearly foul. You're up three, and you foul them. They have to shoot two shots. You're not shooting three. So in that situation, you just yeah. go. You just go. The clock stops. You doesn't worry about that. Just get the ball in. Foul them so they only shoot two. And instead of instead of that happening, instead of them getting that buzzer beater, you stop them. They shoot two. It's a 63-62 game, I think. And then. You get you inbound the ball. They have to foul you, so you at least chew a bit seconds off the clock, and you're shooting two three throws. And all you got to do is foul again, and, and you're straight. No, so, I, agree. I think it, I think the team should do that every single time they're in that situation, the hundred percent. But I, I I don't know if we talked about the Sweet Sixteen at all. But another game. I mean, Oral Roberts Arkansas in the Sweet Sixteen. Oral Roberts. <laughs> I mean, that I, was heartbreaking. I, I was sick. I was sick of the Oral Roberts jokes. I'm gonna be honest. I loved them at first, but like once we got to the Sweet Sixteen, I was like, all right, this is getting a little old. So, I mean, I wish that Abmas or whatever his name is hit that shot at the end. I thought it was going in. It rimmed out, but I mean, nothing you can do. And honestly, I'm kind of happy that Arkansas has moved on over them. Uh, well, I wish Oral Roberts won that game. You know, I was kind of cheering for the underdog here, Cinderella story. That was gonna be a great one, especially since my Cinderella team just didn't show up and. Loyola Chicago, but that sh- that was uh, that that shot was just in and out. Nothing you can do about that. It was a great game. Or Roberts played extremely well throughout the tournament, so that was unexpected. So yeah, Definitely. all you can say about that one. But still, that uh, Alabama UCLA game. How do you not foul? Like that's just smart basketball. That's smart basketball. Like yeah, you're a basketball I mean, player. Yeah, you would you understand. That. I understand. Yeah, I think every. I think that. You should do that in every situation you're in. Like if that if that if you're up three, three seconds on the clock, like a buzzer beater, it's either a buzzer beater three to go to overtime or you foul and win the game automatically. 
I'm fouling win the game automatically every single time. Exactly. Smart move. Yeah. But that's all we have for this segment here. We'll come back shortly and talk about the next one, and we're talking about the final four. All right, we're back here again. We're going to talk about the final four, and let me just say, Jalen Suggs is that guy. He is, but, I mean, I he is. I mean, one of the best moments of all time. I'd say it's top three shots in tournament history. I think that's one of the top games I think I've ever seen. I think this the the final four game between Gonzaga and UCLA was one of the best games, better than the past two years' championships. I would say it's number two behind the Villanova North Carolina game. I'd give it three. Three? Who do you? Have? I, I have I have Chris Jenkins is number one because he hit that shot to win the national championship. Oh, but you was, can't you can't get any feeling better than that. That was the it was a buzzer beater national championship. Villanova won for the first time in a while, and then. Second, I have the Christian Leitner, the shot. I mean, you get Duke-Kentucky, that rivalry in a Final Four game. You hit that shot. If he doesn't hit that, Coach K's legacy is not what it is. You know what I mean? Yeah. So, I think that's important. But, like, that Jalen Suggs shot, like, more impressive than the other two probably, but, like, it just didn't have the same meaning, I feel like. No, I definitely agree. Uh, the Chris Jenkins one's definitely always going to be number one national championship, buzzer beater, game winner. Unless we get one tonight, you know. Oh. Then, then it might be better. <laughs> Might be, might be might better, be. but uh, right now it's certainly Chris Jenkins. Um, but, but yeah, I mean the Gonzaga UCLA game was nuts. There was like, I saw someone that said like there was like 19 lead changes and like 15 ties throughout the entire game. I mean I remember watching it with six minutes left and it was just it'd be 88-86 Gonzaga, 88-88, 90-88 UCLA, 90-90. Like it was just it, it was just, just kept going back and forth, back and forth. And that last shot, Johnny Juzang gets the layup at the end in overtime. Jalen Suggs runs down the court, chucks it, backboard, Third bang, and then he hops on the uh, broadcast table. To yell at a bunch of cardboard, cardboard fans. fans. Cardboard I mean, cutouts. He yells at cardboard cutouts. I mean, to each his own. I wouldn't do that, though. I feel like I'd look stupid. I mean, it, it's the heat it's of the, the moment. moment. It's the moment, it's I guess. It's the heat of the moment there, so I, I, I see where he's coming from. I mean, he's, he said it in an interview. He went to feel like Kobe and Dwayne jumping on the thing. Yeah. But yelling at the cardboard fans, I mean, it's not the same. He's like, he's as. like up there. He's like, I'm that dude, and like, there's just nobody reacting. No to him. There. There's no applause. Like, I mean, there's like there's really fans there, but it's more cardboard than yeah. real people. So the effect isn't the same. I mean, it's no the way no way Kobe yeah. effect, but yeah, it's no, close close there. Um, but yeah, I mean, overall, just a great game. Probably one of the best games I've ever seen. With like like actually like sat down and watched. I think this was the, this so far is the best game in the tournament. A hundred percent, yeah. Definitely from this year, 100%. Probably from the last couple of years, too. I mean, we had games in, like, in past tournaments where, like, like Virginia shouldn't have won in 2019. I'll never give that up. Just because, um, like, that... that ter- the worst call ever. Worst call. That th- on that three, Kyle Guy. Like, how do you end the national championship game on a bad call? In the oh, it was, the, it was the Final Four game against Auburn. It was the Final Four game. That was Auburn? Yeah, it was Final oh, okay. Four against Auburn. Because the next game, national championship, they went and beat Texas Tech with ease. Not with ease. I think I they won by, like, like, six or seven. Like, yeah. They, they were in control, though. But our Auburn should have definitely been the team, and and I think Auburn would have won it that yeah. year. So I think Auburn kind of I'd, I'd be mad too. Yeah, uh, I mean talking about the other Final Four game, this one made me really happy. I hate Houston. I think they're a horrible team, and I love Baylor. I think they're a really good team. So seeing them blow out Houston by 19 points in a Final Four game, not good for like the casual NCAA like men's basketball fan to watch, but like for like a hardcore fan like myself. I'm happy to see that because I think Houston shouldn't have been where they were. I'm happy Baylor is where they are, and we like now we're getting the game that we never got. Like we were supposed to get Gonzaga Baylor early in the season, 
it got canceled and got now canceled we're in the game now. Of the year. Look at that. It's like fate. They end up playing in the national championship, even more the high stakes. So I mean I I didn't expect Houston to do much there. I mean the team's good, but they weren't that good. I mean, they had super close games each each time. Each had to game. be a single digit seed in the entire tournament. They yes. beat Houston beat Cleveland State. Then they beat Rutgers on a fluke. Oh, so they, they, definitely, they definitely should have lost that record. And we talked about that. Rutgers was up like the whole game. And then they're up one, get a turnover, and hit two free throws to sink the game there. Yeah, I mean, they beat a 15 seed, a 10 seed, and an 11 seed. And then lost to a one or, And then a 12 seed, too. And then lost to a one seed. They lost to a one seed by almost 20. Yeah, so. I mean, in the final, if you're a Final Four team, you shouldn't lose by 20. Like, UCLA is a Final Four team. They lost by three of the best team in the country. It's 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 the biggest stage, and Houston didn't show up. Quentin Grimes sucks. I hate Houston, but Baylor, I love. They're really good. They have great players. Like I said, Davion Mitchell is my favorite player in I, basketball. I, I see Davion Mitchell, and I look at how he's built, and he just does not look like a basketball player to me. That dude he's is a football player. Yes, he's, he's built like a linebacker. Yeah. He is built different. It, it's it's then, it's and he weird. gets on the court, he makes one crossover. He's like the quickest player on the court oh at all times. He just gets to the cup with ease and just scores. So, Like, that's the weirdest build of a guard I've ever seen. Like, yeah. look at NBA players. They're not even built like that. Like, I mean, LeBron look, look, James, look at him. Yeah, I mean, look at look at, look at at Davion Mitchell and Jared Butler, the two guards. They're one guard and the two guard. Jared Butler looks like a basketball player. He's yeah. like 6'5". He's skinny. He's a little bit toned, but, like, not no, too much. Not Davion too much. Mitchell is built. He looks like he belongs in the box. Like playing linebacker, 100, I, I agree with you, 100. percent It's scary to see him like that, but um, then you got what's what's the guy with the mullet's name? I, I like, uh, I really Matthew like Meyer. Him. Matthew Meyer. I really like Matthew Meyer. That dude has a clip. He can drive. He can score. Just I love that. And then the mullet makes it all like that's the guy that you see, and you're like, he definitely is from Texas. Well, you got to you got to give. You can't give all the mullet credit to Matthew Meyer though. I mean, his teammate, his mullet brother, yeah. Jackson Moffat, bench mob. One of my favorite players in college basketball, too. He started. He's had the mullet all year. Matthew Meyer got – this is a tawny mullet for Matthew Meyer. It's different, you know? But I do love Matthew Meyer. I think he brings a ton of energy, and I think he's going to help with, like, going to Drew Timmy tonight or Corey Kispert. So, let's talk about tonight, though. I mean, what, what do you think is going to happen? I'm, I'm going to – here's one of my prediction. I'm going Baylor wins this game. After seeing how Gonzaga played against UCLA, all Baylor has to do is play how they've been playing and stop Timmy. Because watching that Final Four game, Timmy, he he clearly, clearly was the it factor. Late in that game, I watched him. He would just blow by blow by guys with ease, get layups. He, he scored, I think, like almost – I think he scored like eight of their points. I think they scored like 12. He scored eight of them. All you got to do is stop Timmy and just play great defense. And Mitchell, Mitchell, defense player of the year. Yeah. Just, just get him on Suggs or put- one of the shooters – and this is where I, like, I think there's a matchup problem because, like, Jared Butler is a great offensive player. I don't think he's that good on defense. Davion Mitchell is a great defensive player. He's good on offense. He's good all around. I think he guards Jalen Suggs, and that's his matchup for tonight, and I think that's fair. But then you have guys like – like, who's cutting Corey Kispert? Masio Teague, maybe? I don't know. He's long. I mean, Corey Kispert's a shooter, but he can also get to the cup. I mean, it's, it's going to be a tough matchup for Baylor against Gonzaga, but – I kind of agree with you. I think Baylor's going to come out on top. I think they've been the best team in the country all year long, and if they didn't get a COVID pause, they'd be undefeated too. Of like course. Like 100%. They would have won the Pac-12 or the Big 12, whatever. Uh, yeah, yeah Big the 12. Big 12. And uh, they wouldn't have lost Kansas in the, in the middle of the year. So I think they would have been undefeated. But either way, I mean, 
I think Baylor's bigs are too big for Gonzaga. I mean, Timmy, Timmy's a, Timmy's a versatile guy. He's quick, but Baylor's bigs are just too big. Yeah, I mean, I I do agree with you. I just don't think that it's like that cut in stone. I don't think that's the reason why Gonzaga will lose. I think Gonzaga loses because they mess up on something like on a different front, and I think Baylor capitalizes on it. But that's all we have for this segment here. We'll come back shortly with the next segment. All right, we are back. And, um, I got something to say. <laughs> I, I have something to say. I mean, it's a good thing, and I'm happy for both sides. But it's a new era in New York. Gotham Green is back. Sam Donald got traded to the Panthers. What do you think about that? I mean, I, I guess the Jets are making it clear they are going for a quarterback in the draft here. Carolina, they got Teddy and Sam Darnold now, so there's there's a fight down there for a QB one. I mean, so, so this Teddy, Teddy Bridgewater and Sam Donald are like the exact same player. Oh, like of course. They, they like can't like they, if they throw the ball too much, they're going to throw too many picks. If they don't throw the ball enough, they're going to have horrible stats and have the worst QBR in the league. So. I mean, that's going to be interesting to watch for sure, and it'll be interesting to see if the Panthers go QB, but I don't know. As for the Jets, they got a second and a fourth next year and a sixth-round pick this year. I thought we could have gotten a second this year for Sam Donald. Didn't happen, obviously, but, I mean, overall, I'm happy with the trade. I think that's a good package for a player of Donald's caliber. Like, he's not he's, – he didn't play good in New York, obviously, but he has so much potential, and he was so good in college. He, like, he was the number three pick for a reason. Yeah. I mean – you got to give it to him. He was good. Um, I, but overall, like, I think it's 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 Wilson time in New York. It's Zach Wilson, Wilson time. I was going to say, who are you guys going to go with now? You need a quarterback. You know, you guys have the second pick, so Wilson it is. Yeah, I think it's Wilson. I mean, we can talk draft here for a little bit, but, I, I mean, the first pick's obvious. I think Trevor we, Lawrence. We, all, we all know it's going to be Trevor Lawrence. That's why Urban Meyer took the job in Jacksonville. Like, that's why Jacksonville's on the come up now. Um, second pick... I think Zach Wilson's a lock, too. I, I, I agree with that. Zach I mean, Wilson. he had such a good pro day, and, like, he had a really good season this year. So, I'm so excited about that. I can't wait to have a new person in New York. Like, we have a new we have a new whole, whole new regime. We have Salah in there, new offense coming in. Zach Wilson fits it really well. So, I'm excited for that, for sure. Uh, number three. I think three is up for guys. I'm gonna, you know, this I, is where it gets tricky, 100%, because – I think the obvious pick here should be Justin Fields. I do, too. Like, it should be, but he's the guy that brought Big Ten, bas- Big Ten football back. Like, literally, him single-handedly brought back Big Ten football. Like, um, But I've, like, heard a lot of stuff about the Niners loving Mac Jones, which is just weird. Well, the thing is, I was, I was watching, like, ESPN and stuff, NFL Network. I'm seeing Mac Jones was uh, – his pro day wasn't that great. I mean, he was overthrowing receivers. Bill Belichick was there as well, watching Mac Jones. Um, uh, so was Kyle Shanahan. They were just—you could just see the reaction in them when Mac Jones would overthrow guys. They were just wondering what's going on. Why is he doing this? Like, what's happening with this guy? Like, Mac Jones has has receivers like Devontae Smith, Jalen Waddle. He, he during the season he was throwing perfectly, and then pro day just was overshooting guys like crazy. Like, I mean, I. You gotta you gotta feel for a guy like Matt Jones because he hasn't started that many games in his college career. I think he started like seventeen or something. But like, you gotta make your throws, especially when you have receivers like that. Like, you gotta make your throws at your pro day. You gotta come ready. And obviously, he came not ready. Like, he he was unprepared. Like, I didn't see his pro day or any highlights from it. But if he was overthrowing people, which I think I've heard, I mean, I don't know why the Niners would trade up for him. 
Like, why would they trade up to three for Mac Jones when Mac Jones should probably be there at 12 or, like, wherever they are? The thing is, the Devontae Smith, Jalen Waddle, both these guys, top receivers in this draft, talked very highly of Mac Jones. They said Mac Jones was better than Tua, and they played with Tua for three years. And they said Mac Jones is better than Tua, but then your pro day, you just don't show up. Like, Yeah, it's, it's weird, and that's why, like, I feel like the pick should be Fields. I could see it going Mac Jones. I could also see it going Trey Lance. He didn't play this year. He's in the F- he's in F- FCS school or FBS. Like uh, North Dakota State. I think. Yeah, he's at North Dakota State. Um, another really good prospect. He was like the number. He was consensus number two in this draft before this season, and he didn't play. Zach Wilson moved up the board. Mac Jones, Justin Fields, and now he's fallen. So I think that he would be a good fit in the Niners system with Kyle Shanahan, but. You don't know, like, like I have no idea where they're going to go or why they traded up. Who knows if they're going to take a quarterback? Like, you like you really have no clue. I think they're going to take a quarterback. I, I, I was <laughs> to say, they don't take a quarterback here. I don't know what they're doing. Like, maybe they're trading up for Kyle Pitts. Speaking of Kyle Pitts, I think he's going to Atlanta. I don't agree with you. You don't? Ooh. I mean, I can see him going to Atlanta for sure. And I think Kyle Pitts is the best receiver in this class. Like, pure receiver. Like, he's a tight end, obviously. He's 6'6", great size. But he's a better receiver than Jamar Chase, Jalen Waddle, Devonta Smith, in my opinion. Um, I think I think that they should go Fields or Trey Lance. Matty Ice, is, is he's getting old. Julio's getting old. You might as well start, like, New, like, like think for the future a little rebuild. bit. Um, and I think that Justin Fields isn't a quarterback that's going to sit. So I think maybe Trey Lance is a pick here at four if Mac Jones goes to three. Uh, like you can let Trey Lance develop. He didn't play this year. He's young, and he he can sit behind a guy who won the MVP in 2016. So, I think that they should take a quarterback here and let him sit. Um, one other thing I've seen is that there's a mock trade. There's a mock trade here that Denver trades up and takes Fields. Yeah, and I can see that happening because Drew Lock. Drew Lock, I I would say is he, he's like in very inconsistent. So I could see them. Bringing in another quarterback to kind of have a battle here because uh, Philip Philip Lindsay said the only person that is stopping Drew Locke is Drew Locke himself. Yeah. So I can definitely see Denver trading up there and getting Justin Fields. For sure. I mean, I can see that. Um, and if they're going to take Fields, it'll be this year. Like, I mean, they. Just, I think John Elway is like he he's not the GM anymore, and John Elway has this idea of like the perfectly like built quarterback. He loves all like the like the you have to be six six. You have to have a cannon for an arm. Don't move that much. And like Justin Fields is a versatile player, and I think that maybe this is the year the Broncos do take him. I mean, I like that move a lot actually. Uh, but moving on to pick five, we got the Bengals. Now you think it's Chase, right? I I I feel like they're gonna go Seagull, but Joe Burrow has been pushing very much so pushing to get. His star receiver, Jamar Chase, to come play with him. And if that happens, I could really see that working out well because they played together at LSU. I mean, they were dominant, very dominant at LSU. He had Justin Jefferson and Jamar Chase. And I think Jamar Chase was was that guy for Joe Barrow. So if they do this, I could see that working out very well. I mean, where, where's Adrian, Adrian Green still in Cincinnati, right? Uh, no, he, he went to Cardinals. Oh yeah, yeah, yeah. So, so yeah, you you lose your number one. You lose your okay. I I get where you're coming from completely. But let's talk about the play that almost, like, Cincinnati fans literally, like, almost watched their franchise crumble on one play last year when Joe Burrow got hit from the blind side. They need a tackle that's going to protect him. And I think Panay Sewell is by far the best prospect in this class. Well, not by far. Slater's really good, too. But Sewell is, like, 
I, it has to be the pick. That was their guy when they were at the second pick at Mox. Like, at the third pick at Mox. That was the guy. Then they won a few games at the end of the season, got down to five. I think they can still grit their guy here. So, I think Panay Sewell has to be the pick. I get where you're coming from with the Jamar Chase and, like, the the, – the, uh, what's the word I'm looking for here? The partnership with Joe Burrow. But I think Panay Sewell has to be the pick. Just, like, you get your you get your franchise quarterback last year. You get your franchise tackle the year after. All right. I agree with you there. Yeah. I agree with you there. But that's all we have for this segment. We'll come back with the draft talk shortly after this. All right. We are back again here. Um, we're going to talk about the fifth pick, which the Dolphins have. Six. Oh, yeah. Six, six, six. six. But, I mean, before we talk about the sixth pick, I mean, Eagles trading that, like, full rebuild mode, 100%. I don't remember if we talked about that one or not, but... We we talked about it uh, last week, because I was like, how are you going to how are you gonna lose a game? Make You made Dallas fans mad. Oh, yeah. You lose a game on purpose, because you put in Josh McCowan, which you clearly could have won, but you put in Josh McCowan. You lose a game on purpose to get a sixth pick. Wait, I think it was... Yeah, sixth instead of ninth pick. And then you're going to trade away the sixth pick to get out. And what, what pick do they have? The 12th. So, pretty much, you lose that game to lo- go back. Three spots. Three spots. Well, Maybe six spots and capital. three spots. So, like, yeah. it, it doesn't make any sense. Yeah, I don't know. But, uh, I mean, the Dolphins are there now. So, we'll talk about that. I think they go Jamar Chase. Uh, I agree. They gave me go. They go. They go with receiver here. They go. Yeah, receiver I, they go that's receiver. Left. That's yeah. That's fair. I mean, whether it's Jamar Chase, Devonta Smith, Kyle Pitts, you, Kyle you go Pitts, receiver. Yeah, if Kyle Pitts is on the board, yeah. I mean, they're gonna get somebody for two two to throw to. I think they have to. That's like the most like lock I have because their defense is already set for the future. They have guys like Byron Jones, ton of young guys that are super good. So, uh, yeah, that's the that might be the easiest pick to mock in the entire draft besides the top two. Uh. Seven with the Lions. What do you think here? So some say that if Mac Jones is taking about the 49ers, the Lions here go and take Fields, which I think is smart. Jared Goff, I don't think he's a good quarterback, really. I really don't think he's a good quarterback. He's played terrible the past few years. I mean, the Super Bowl season, I think his defense was was the main thing he's there. A, he's a system guy. Yeah. He, he was a product of McVay's system, and I don't think he's going to be a product of – Who's in Detroit now? The uh, the crazy guy, the cra- Dan Campbell, the crazy oh, yeah. head coach. He's I I mean I don't think that he's going to be a system, he's going to be a system quarterback in that system because Jared Goff is like the most laid back guy I've ever met, and Dan Campbell is so fired up. So I think that they could definitely go Fields here, especially if they don't go Fields at three or four. Um, yeah, yeah, hundred percent. Round one, pick eight though. This this is tricky because I don't know where the Panthers go. They just got Donald. So I don't know if they go QB. They have a competition already, and like you want to bring in a third guy, someone's gonna get cut, and like then you just like you can't cut Darnold because you just traded picks for him. It's literally just gonna be a loss of assets. Um, so going back, going back to what I said earlier about uh, Pitts maybe going to or Chase Tamar Chase going to um, Cincinnati. This year is where Sewell gets picked. And he gets picked by the Panthers. I mean, I respect the opinion. I'm going to be honest. I respect the opinion a lot, but I just can't see the Bengals not going with Sewell. Like, I think that's 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 a lock to me. I mean, one and two are locks, Lawrence Wilson. Three is a toss-up, four is a toss-up, five is Sewell. It has to be. I mean, like, like they like Burrow almost lost his entire playing career a year ago, and, like, 
if you're – I don't know who the Bengals GM is now, but if you're the Bengals GM, you're not going to let your quarterback get hit like that again. Like, he was out for the entire year, and he was playing really well. He would have been the offensive rookie of the year probably. Yeah. So, I don't know. I mean, I think it just has to be Fields. Or, I mean, Sewell. Yeah. And then going back to the seventh pick about maybe Justin Fields going to Detroit. If that doesn't happen, if he does stay going to the 49ers, then I think the Lions get a threat and they take Jalen Waddle. Yeah, I could see that. So I definitely see that. Since they lost Kenny – did they lose? Yeah, they lost they Kenny Yala. So you're going to pick up Jalen Waddle because – who do you have there? Danny Amendola. I mean, jeez, that is yeah, Danny no, Amendola, Lions, Marvin Jones. The Lions Jones. have some pretty bad receivers, especially with Galladay gone. I think you have Marvin Jones, Amendola, and Hawkinson. I mean, Hawkinson's a baller. He's so, nice. Hawkinson's good. So that's probably you have you have a good you have a running back and a young tight end there. You got Swift and Hawkinson. So yeah, you definitely need receivers. You if need receivers. You have yeah, Goff as your quarterback. Yeah. Um, so where, where where do you think Carolina goes at eight then? Uh, I don't even know anymore. I mean, yeah, I mean, like, I, like I don't even situation. know where the holes are on Carolina's team. Like, I'm pretty sure the defense is pretty good. They have good receivers. Like Robbie Anderson balled out last year. Oh yeah. Um, they have two quarterbacks now. Yeah, the one of the best. You they top top three McCaffrey, yeah. top running back in the league. Yeah, best running back in the league. I mean, I don't know where they go. Um, maybe you get a wide receiver one and move Robbie Anderson to wide. No, they have DJ Moore. Yeah, they don't. They really. I don't know. I mean, I guess they go defense here. You can, I could see like a Michael Parsons from Penn State, for sure. Definitely could see Michael Parsons here. Speaking of Michael Parsons, at nine, I think Denver takes Michael Parsons to get another edge rusher. I could see that for sure. Um, I could also see the Broncos going receiver though. Broncos going receiver. Right. Who, who do they have right now? Quentin Sutton. They got uh, what's what's Jerry Judy? They won't receive Jerry Judy. Yeah, yeah, they not. got two receivers last year. Uh, Hamilton. Yeah, and Jerry Judy, I think. Yeah, so they got they got. Yeah, no, they're not going receiver. Never mind. Um, yeah, I can see Michael Parsons there too. It's just I don't know what it depends on what Carolina does. It does. Those, also, those two I, are up for grabs. I could also see uh, Denver trading up, like you said, which and then grabbing a quarterback. Uh, the Cowboys. Oh, uh, they're going Patrick's. They're they going have Patrick. to. They, they have need to. A I mean, they have no secondary at all. So I think they have to. They need a cornerback there. Giants at eleven. I don't know where they would go here. I mean, Danny Jones isn't cutting it. He's not good. Uh, but I mean, I think they give him another year. Give him his third or fourth year now. I think. Um, I don't think they go receiver here. Uh, I was about to say the one thing says Jalen Water, but yeah. I think I, I don't think they go Jalen Water here. They go Rashawn Slater. Get yeah, I think, they, I think they go line. I think they definitely go line. I think they go Rashawn Slater. Uh, now the Eagles at twelve. This one is definitely up for grabs. I don't know what they want. I mean, they need everything. That's the thing. I mean, they should they should go receiver. Looking they at could, like not even should they could go receiver. They could, could go, go line. line. They could go corner. Yeah, I mean they could go anywhere really. This thing here has Slater Slater. It has Slater, Jace Horn at corner, or Devontae Smith. So this one's up for grabs. Don't know who. I can see Jace Horn going for sure. Um, he's a good player. After that, we have 13, the Chargers. This one has Elijah Vera Tucker. I think that's really – wait, didn't they just pick up an old guard, though? In free agency, I feel like they did. I'm trying to think who they picked up. They either picked up a guard or a tackle, but, like, I can see uh, Tevin Jenkins here, a tackle from Oklahoma State, or, like, a 
a Leather, Alice Leatherwood, he's a tackle from Alabama, or even like, or they could go Elijah Vera Tucker here and get a guard. But I don't, I don't remember which one they went with uh, in free agency, but they brought somebody in. I know that. Uh, Vikings at 14, definitely an offensive line. I think they need a left guard. I mean, the guard they they uh, signed again for free agency. Uh, my friend, friend's a Vikings fan. He showed me show me clips of this guy. This guy is just terrible, terrible. Dude cannot block to save his life. I, I don't know what their left guard's name is, but he's just trash. It, it was it was bad to see. I felt bad for my friend looking at that because that was just hard to watch there. So I, I definitely think they go left guard here or something for their offensive line. Something for Kirk Cousins there. Yeah, I think, I think that's definitely a possibility. Christian Darisol is one. Um, yeah, 100%. Sam Cosme maybe. Um, Asphalt got the Patriots. And this one's an interesting one too right here. Because who knows what quarterback's going to be on the board. The Patriots need a quarterback, even though they just re-signed Cam. Um, don't think they need an edge rusher. Cause they, don't, they, have a, they have a pretty good defense. I mean, they need a receiver every year, but like they oh, also do so good with these no-name receivers. So I don't know where they go here. I mean, this CBS has them taking Devonta Smith. I could see that. I can see that too. But I also don't know if Belichick would take Devonta Smith. And I don't think Devonta Smith would be that far still, still there. I think yeah. someone would get him earlier. Um. But uh, that's that's what we have for this segment here. We can come back shortly after this. Back again here to talk about the draft, and we were at a uh, Patriots pick. We said talked about that a bit. I have no idea where the Patriots are going to go, but uh, I mean we can just pick up where we left off again. So we'll go to sixteen with uh, the Cardinals. Uh, definitely take a corner here. Yeah, need I mean, a DB. Depends. They just lost Patrick Peterson. Depends who's on the board, but I could see I could see JC Horn if he's on the board still. Caleb Farley maybe. I don't think Sertain will be there, but you never know. And I think, yeah, they're, they're going to take the best corner on the board, I think. Uh, 17 here, we got the Raiders. Definitely see some type of linebacker, defense-type player. Uh, I mean, I don't know if they go with uh, – like, this has them taking Aziz Olajari, who's, I mean, great player. I love Aziz. But, like, they already have Max Crosby and Cleveland Fair on the edge. You know what I mean? So, I don't know if they go – linebacker here, but I can definitely see him taking a defensive player, like a, maybe Zayvon Collins, like an inside linebacker from Tulsa, someone like that. Definitely need that. Uh, 18, the Dolphins, definitely taking something offensive line-wise. Yeah, whatever. Get more help, like, for, get for help for Tua. Same thing, like whatever the best is available. You know, Tevin Collins is on here. You got Sam Cosme. Leatherwoods would probably still be on the board, so it's whatever. It's the best available, really. 19, uh, Washington football team almost said Redskins there. Can't say that anymore. I forgot. It's kind of kind of still stuck in there. But yeah. the football team name's kind of sticking now though. Kind of like a football team. Uh, I think they go a receiver here. Get more help. I mean, they got I a receiver last I mean, year. Who's their receiver last year? I mean, I know they have Scary Terry. Yeah, he's a captain. Uh, but like, I mean, maybe go like a tight end here, like a Fairmuth or something. Just get another weapon because, like, they're bringing in Fitzpatrick. And Fitzpatrick's going to ball. We oh, all know that. Like, he's going to do his thing. Fitzpatrick so, just balls out wherever he goes. I mean, like, just get him a weapon, honestly. Like, their defense is already so good. They have the best front line in football. Like, the best young front line in football. We'll say that. Yeah. Um, I think they – yeah, they, I can see him going receiver here. I can see him going – I can see him going tight end. They're running back Antonio Gibson. He played pretty well. I mean, I can see him going, like – you get, like, a Najee Harris and just have a workforce, like a Derrick Henry kind of player. Yeah. Um, yeah, I, I, they, they, they just got to do something on offense, 100%. Yeah, the defense is said it's just offense-wise. I mean, 
You gotta get got, a weapon. You already got Fitzpatrick, so you don't have to worry about quarterback wise. And if, if Fitzpatrick goes down, I mean, Tyler Heineke showed in the playoffs that he's a baller. He can do it. And uh, so definitely need a receiver there, some type of offensive help for Fitzpatrick. Agreed. Uh, 20, we got Chicago definitely going a lineman. I mean, Chicago can take anything in this draft, and I'd be like, oh, that makes sense. You know what I mean? Like, they're just – that is such a dumpster fire. And they brought Andy Dalton into starting quarterback. I just don't know. I mean, I could see him taking a lineman here for sure. could see him taking a DB probably because Kendall Fuller just left, I think. Yeah. So um, anything really. Any, anywhere Chicago goes, I'd be like, oh, okay. Like, it, it's like they, – they, they're one of those teams. Kind of like the Eagles. Anything anything goes. Yeah. You need anything. Anything. Uh, 21, uh, got the Colts. Don't really know what the Colts need, actually. They just re-signed Xavier Rhodes, so I don't think they go DB here. Then I feel like they take an offensive lineman, take Alert, Alex Leatherwood. Yeah, I can see that. I mean, they also have – um, yeah, I mean, their line is good, and, like, that would just set up the left side for a while with Quentin Nelson and Leatherwood there. So I could definitely see that 100%. Uh, 22nd, we have the Titans. I, I definitely think they go defensive-wise. Their offense is pretty good other than uh, – Losing Corey Davis, at, or yeah, they lost Corey Davis to the Jets. So I think they go uh, anything defensive wise because everything else is set. They still got AJ Brown, Tannehill, Derrick Henry. Uh, their line wasn't too bad this year, but I think they're losing Clowney. Mm-hmm. They might lose Clowney again. So got to go something defense here. Yeah, they, they got to go defense for sure. Quiddy pays a good pick. I like that. Um, Jets at twenty three. Here we go. How you feel about this one? What are I you don't. Thinking? I don't think we should take a running back. You don't think you should take Travis Antin here? No. I think everybody's going to expect us to take a running back. We don't really have a good running back, but I do not think we should take a running back. Just be, just like based on the fact is that, like, we saw what happened with Le'Veon Bell, right? Like, we traded big money for it. We sent him to a huge deal, bought him out. Like, running backs are a product of their system, really. Unless your name is Derrick Henry, you're not going to be good without an O-line. Yeah. Like, I don't think that we should take a Travis ETM just because, like, we're not in the position to take a – we have so many holes in our roster that we shouldn't take a running back at 23 because there's so many other good ones. Like, we can get Chubba Hubbard in the fourth round probably. But I think we should go defense here. Jason Owaz won, Carlos Basham. Um, I really, really love Greg Rousseau out of Miami. He's had some problems, but I think that we go defense here. Edge, corner, whatever it is. Caleb Farley's still on the board maybe. Um yeah, but 100%. That's like I don't think we should take a running back. Pittsburgh, 24. I think uh, – who do they take here? Uh, didn't – did they sound Pud – I think they lost Bud Dupree, right? Did they, they lose Bud Dupree? To so players. I feel like they go defense here. Or yeah. or even even a running back. I mean, Anthony McFarlane. You got Anthony McFarlane last year. They have James Conner, but James, James Conner sucks. James Conner isn't good. And then Benny Snell. So anything can go for Pittsburgh here. Yeah, I mean Pittsburgh is a really complete team. Like they're 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 pretty good, like top to bottom. They're the best defense in the league. Obviously, you're not going to agree with me, probably. Like, but uh, Pittsburgh has like the best. They're they're a top five defense. Definitely a top defense. Easily, uh, Big Ben's coming back for a year. That's a, their lines I always been really good. Big Ben coming back. I really love that. I mean, I can see I can see a running back here though. hundred percent. Yeah, I can see them taking ETN. Oh, I definitely can see that as well. Uh, next, we got the Jags. 
just that's another one of those teams up for grabs, especially there. at twenty five. It's it's up for grabs, really. Like it's you're looking for value in the late first round. Someone that's going to be a good pick for a while. Uh, twenty six Cleveland definitely definitely going defense here. Their offense is set, so definitely something. Like best I mean, they have the best offense on paper in the league, but I mean, you got they definitely need like some type of linebacker, edge rusher type guy. I mean, yeah. you got Miles Garrett. Top top defensive end in the league, one of the tops. Uh, they got what's the their nose tackle? It's like Ojinobi or something like that. They got him. So yeah, I mean, I can I can see them going defense here for sure. Twenty seven. We got the, my guys, the Ravens. I, I'm not. I don't think we're gonna go receiver here. We just sent Sammy Watkins. I think we need some. We definitely need an edge rusher. So any edge rusher that's there, Gregory Rousseau, uh anybody, Jason. Oh, we 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 get an edge rusher. Because we definitely need that. Yeah. I mean, with the losses of Judon and gotten you lost Ngakwe, right? Yeah, we lost yeah. Ngakwe. Yeah, I mean, years. if you need something there, just to re- replicate what, like, the two of them did. Yeah. Uh, I mean, then just to finish up the last couple picks, 28, we have the Saints. Probably going to go D-line. D-line. Uh, 29, the Packers. Could see them going D-line, but, like, once again, they're a complete team. They could really go anywhere. Uh, 30, the Bills. I don't know what the Bills the Bills maybe like they're said. I mean. Maybe the secondary. I mean, just juice it up a little bit. Um, Definitely so. Uh, Chiefs, I I don't care. They have to go line. They have to go line. Oh, yeah, that was that was terrible. Yeah, and the Bucks are just... So the Bucks have all 22 of their starters. Who yeah. do they need? Who, what do they need? Who like, do they, they need? Like, sign up, pick a kicker in the first round. Who do they really need? But, I mean, the Bucks clearly... Trying to make a run for a Super Bowl, you have all twenty-two starters. I've never seen this before in my life. Yeah. You have all twenty-two starters again, so Bucks are the team to watch out for this year. But that's all we have for this one. We'll come back with our last segment of the day. Back again with our last segment of the day. We're gonna talk about the NBA here. Um, starting off with the West. Yeah, we. I mean, we haven't talked about the NBA in a while, so definitely some updates. I think that, I mean, at the top of the West, you got the Jazz. Jazz are playing great, so great. I mean. Like, they, they just make every three they take. Every single three they take, it goes in. They went, like, I think they hit, like, 19 in the first half the other night. Like, insane. And Donovan Mitchell's playing out of his mind. Rudy Gobert is one of the best offensive players in the league. Definitely, of course. Uh, you got guys like Joe Ingles, just absolute sharpshooter. Um, and they're, they're just a really, really good, well-rounded team. And they're coached by Quinn Snyder, great coach. So, I think the Jazz actually have a shot to go kind of far in the West. I I agree with you here. I mean, the second best team you got the Cl- uh, the Suns here, and I think here's the Chris Paul effect here. Chris Paul, anywhere he goes, the team is good. I mean, last year he went to Thunder. Um, they they weren't even what they were projected like last or something. He made them fifth in the seed this year. The Suns, who literally finished last last season, uh, he's there. Him, Devin Booker, DeAndre Ayton, those guys balling out, and now you're the number two seed. In, in the West, with teams like the Lakers with LeBron and AD, Portland Trailblazers, you got uh, Dollar Dame, and then the Clippers, who always seem to just never can figure themselves out with Kawhi and Paul George there. I, I mean, I don't know. Yeah, I mean, there. circling back to the Suns, it's like the Suns are the perfect team for Chris Paul. Like, I, like if you could pick every, take every single team in the NBA and what team is the best team for, for Chris Paul to go to, it's the Phoenix Suns. Like he is the he's the veteran of the NBA. Like he's the the like most like veteran player you can think of. He's he's the glue and to the team. He's definitely the glue to a team. Yeah. So like you get a player, you get a team with like all those young players like Devin Booker and DeAndre Ayton, uh, McCall Bridges, like all those guys, and you put Chris Paul there, who's been to like 
important games. He's played in the playoffs. He's played all around. Like, that's what they needed. And I think it worked out really well for them, obviously. Uh, next third seed, we got the Clippers. Can't get out of their own way. Never will be able to. I mean, they have the most talent in the conference, probably. And just can't do they can't with it. make a Western Conference Finals. I just don't get it. Then we got the Nuggets here. I mean, just got Aaron Gordon off the trade. You got uh, Jamal Murray, Aaron Gordon, uh, Jokic. So so that team's pretty good. And then you got Bobo getting some time there. So you got yeah, Michael Porter Jr. I mean, they have the MVP of the league on their team. So And you also got Javel McGee. So yeah. they're pretty set on the big guys. They got Gordon to help out. Jamal Murray, definitely a great point guard in this league. So they, they're yeah. pretty set. I definitely could think they can make a run this year. I mean, they did last year. Yeah, they went to the Western Conference Finals. So I definitely year. can see them making another one here, maybe yeah. even making the finals. And then you got the Lakers. I mean, the Lakers. Dude, I feel bad for the Lakers. Injury prone. Dude, the Lakers are they're toying with, like, a like playing game here if uh, LeBron and AD don't come back. So they lost Drummond, too. Uh, if, they go down to, if they go down to the eighth seed, I mean, in the playing tournament, like, they're going to just demolish everybody and then probably beat the one seed. So you never know, but, like, I mean – I feel so awful for the Lakers with their injuries. It's just not looking good for them. Uh, six, we got Portland. Don't really know what's happening in Portland right now. I mean, they have Dame. It's really all you need. Like, that's why they're good. Like, that's literally – I mean, they just traded for um, Norman Powell for Portland. Uh, I mean, they, they have a solid team. It's just, you know, they need another guy. Like, they have Dame and C.J. McCollum. C.J. McCollum's a great, like, second option. But they need another, like, guy if they want to win a title. So – and then you got the Mavericks at seven. My favorite player in the league, probably Luka Doncic. Um, yeah, that's that's their whole team. That's their that's their franchise right just there. Luka. Yeah, it's just Luka and Kristaps sucks. So yeah, Kristaps not playing good. I mean, I don't know what happened to him. He used to be the guy, but yeah, don't know what's going on now. Then you got eighth. You got Memphis. John Moran, his boys. Yeah, I pretty much think John Moran. That that team is on his back, really. Yeah, I'll take him how far he goes. Mm-hmm. I mean, you got Jaron Jackson, too. They definitely have a good team. But, like, that, I mean, that rounds out the playoff picture right now. I, I said we'll go 9-10, too. We got the Spurs and the Warriors. I'll tell you this, though. If the, so, I, I'm i pretty sure, I'm not positive, but the play-in is seed 7-10 in the conference. If the Warriors play the Mavericks in the first round of that play-in tournament, Steph Curry could beat them. Oh, single-handedly. Like, I, and then I think the, the Warriors could make the playoffs. Like, that's just nuts to me. Um, just going one out since this team is out, uh, maybe two, uh, Sacramento and the Pelicans. I definitely think the Pelicans could try to make a run for this playing game. I mean, uh, you traded J.J. Redick and you kept Lonzo, and Lonzo has been balling out. Yeah. Balling out. Yeah. I think I scored like 20 the other night. Yeah, and you got Zion Williamson, too. Oh, Zion. And you got Brandon Ingram. Brandon Ingram, great scorer. I mean... Zion's just – he doesn't miss. Like, he just has – like, he has the highest field goal percentage. He plays, like, the small forward position. So, that's, like, unheard of. Uh, the Kings, though, I think they're an interesting team that can make a little run here because they have De'Aaron Fox, like, uh, Buddy Heald. Bojan, I think, is still on the team. So, like, they have, they have a good team, too. So, I mean, the West is going to be interesting, but I think for the first time in a very long time, the Eastern Conference is more competitive than the Western. I agree. I mean, you got – a tie for first place right now. You got the 76ers and the Nets. There is only three teams in the Eastern Conference that I think are guaranteed to make the playoffs. Bucks, Nets, 76ers. That's it. And then after that, like, any of these teams could be in a play-in tournament and lose. I agree. I mean, 
I don't know what's wrong with the uh, Celtics. I mean, you got Tatum and uh, Jalen Brown. They they aren't playing well. I mean, Charlotte Charlotte's making a run. Uh, I think if Lamelo gets back in time, I think they have a chance to uh, at least make it to second round of the playoffs. There, yeah. Uh, Hawks, Trey Young and the boys. Um, I think they can. I, I feel like the Heat definitely should be. Uh, Playing better than they are. You got Jimmy Butler, Tyler Hero. Who, who else did they just get off a trade? Uh, Oladipo. Oladipo. See, so I feel like Kendrick Nunn, Bam Adebayo. I mean, they're getting hot though. They've won four in a row. They're going to keep going. So I definitely see them making. They it just far. beat my Knicks. I think the Knicks are going to make a run too, actually. But that's a little bit of bias because I watch them every single day. But like, they have a good team. Like, this is the most excited I've ever been to watch Nick basketball since 2013 with Melo, and, <laughs> and like, it, it feels good. Because the Knicks are supposed to be good, like they're they're a New York team. I mean, but I mean, look at the rest of this, the playoff picture. Like the Hawks, Heat, Hornets, they're four, five, six, seven, eight, nine, ten. Any one of those Hawks, Heat, Hornets, Knicks, Celtics, Pacers, or the Bulls, even the Raptors, maybe making a run for that ten seed, could play in the playing tournament. And that's just absurd to me. I definitely agree there. And then talking about the top three teams here, I definitely see the Nets after getting their guys together. They're definitely going to make a run for it. Uh, I think either Simmons or Embiid was hurt uh, the past few nights, so definitely yeah. definitely got a comeback from that. The Bucks, I mean, you just got P.J. Tucker, so that helps out. But I definitely see the Nets taking over first place here, and I, I have the Nets as the final team. Yeah, I mean, I think the Nets win the Eastern Conference, which hurts to me to say because I'm a Knicks fan. But, you know... I, I like the, I'm excited for the rest of the NBA season to see how it pans out. Can't wait to see it. Yeah. But with that being said, you guys can listen live anytime at CougarRadio.net. Follow us on Instagram and give us a like on Facebook at Cougar Radio. Subscribe to our YouTube and Spotify to watch and listen to all our podcasts. Well, that's all we have here for you today. Uh, our matchup for tonight, Gonzaga-Baylor. Can't wait to see that. And uh, we'll catch you on Friday for our next show.